This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 25th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine this morning. Could see some scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. High 85 tonight over. Overnight, chance of a pop-up storm, low 71. And then tomorrow, the beginning of a mini heat wave anyway. Sunny, hot, high 90. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 68 and clear up in Mount Ivy in Rockland County. 71 and clear down in Clark in New Jersey. And it is 72 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. I was... um. When I was growing up, I did not have dogs or cats or anything like that because I had four brothers, five kids. I mean, that was probably enough for my parents. They just weren't interested. But now that I have one, of course, you realize, like, you know, so much of your life is around this dog, taking them for a walk. And you meet so many people, at least where I am, because there's so many people with dogs. You have these relationships that are just total, just uh, full-on dog relationships. You don't really have anything past the moments you see them. And one of the guys that I've been chatting with now, well, geez, for it's got to be like two years, he offered up like the second or third time our dogs were playing together that he was an FBI agent. So instantly I was like, wow, that's cool. And um, one of the first stories he told me about was how he had just finished Digging under the Pulaski Skyway in, I guess that's Jersey City or is that Kearney? I'm not sure. But anyway, in New Jersey, under the Pulaski Skyway, looking for Al Capone's body, some mobster on his deathbed. This was about maybe two years ago, maybe less, had said that he knew where Al Capone was and that he was in uh, underground under this bridge. And so the FBI went in and he was one of the agents that went in and he said, you know, nobody comes in and digs for you. He pulled a shovel out of the back of his uh, trunk and he started digging, looking for Al Capone. Uh, they did not find him. I think they even brought a backhoe in. Anyway, he had told me this whole amazing story. I am completely, you know, just listening so intently and at the end of the story, he says to me, by the way, you can't share this on the radio, <laughs> which was a smart thing to him to say, because I absolutely would have shared it with you the next morning. And so then I have to do an end around because I, now I know this story's out there. I haven't seen it anywhere and I'm calling the FBI. I need some sort of verification from somebody else that's not him. So then I can go over the story. I wasn't able to get it in time. Someone else beat me to the story, which to this day annoys the heck out of me. So last night... I see him again. I see him all the time. Great guy. And he proceeds to tell me another incredible story of something he's working on. And it's about 10 minutes of detail of this. I mean, it is a great story. You know the characters involved. 
And at the end, he says to me again, Noam, you, you, you can't tell this story on the radio, which, again, smart on his part, because 100 percent, I was taking these mental notes. I was going to go write them down when I got home and I was going to share them with you again this morning. But I can't. So this morning I've been trying, or at least as of last night, I sent some emails out to some people, made a couple phone calls, trying to get any verification of the story he told me. I don't think he's lying to me. It's a great story. But I can't share it because I promised him I wouldn't. He's a source, but not a good one because I can't use any of his information. So hopefully, maybe in the next couple of hours, I'll get some confirmation I'll be able to share it with you. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The alleged Biden bribery scheme grows larger. Investigators say the search of the alleged Gilgo Beach killer's home has been fruitful. An Alabama woman admits she made up a wild story. SAG-AFTRA got its biggest donation ever. Wait till you hear who it came from. And you forgot what in the back of a cab? All right, let's get into it at 5.05. Let's start with Mayor Adams. Just this bizarre moment yesterday with the mayor at a press conference downtown. He was uh, talking about these sheds that are all across these cities, these dining structures, and how they're going to sort of try to rein them in and make sure that the ones are up are safe. And amid this uh, press conference, uh, it was outdoors, a woman comes by and starts screaming about him, about the way he's treating the homeless. She says, F you, a-hole. She screams at him, and he can hear it loud and clear, and so can all the reporters. And it's taking place during the Q&A section of this press conference. And so he can't really, he could just ignore it, but he decided not to. And then it leads to this bizarre comment from the mayor that everybody's sort of scratching their head about. So this is, again, a protester screaming at the mayor, calling him an a-hole for the way he's treating the homeless. Here's how the mayor responds during this press conference yesterday. Hey, Mr. Mayor, uh, yes, sir. You can hear that woman in the background. <laughs> so wait to hear it. It gets great here. You said I'm messing with homeless you know that? You know, one should be one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know? <laughs> what? Okay, wait. I, it's, I, I have to just play it one more time. So, this again, this woman's yelling, F you a-hole about the way he's treating the homeless. And here's how the mayor responds. You know that? You know, one should be, one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know? <laughs> okay, so we reached out to City Hall to get some comment from them to see if uh, there would be uh, any sense of, uh, you know, that would make sense about that comment. And uh, there wasn't anything from them. No response from the mayor's office. We'll try again this morning. He's had some bizarre moments over the last couple of weeks. Remember up in uh, Washington Heights, he was holding one of those town hall meetings. A woman got up to yell about the rent guidelines board and them approving this rent hike. And uh, he had that bizarre comment for this woman. If you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't do, be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city and treat me with the respect that which I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you own. Yeah, uh, we spoke, by the way, to that woman afterwards, and she actually wasn't even so angry about what the mayor said. She just said she hated the fact that he was mayor because she didn't think he was very good at it. WABC News Time 509, a Delta flight from Milan to JFK diverted to Rome after the plane was badly damaged. Shortly after takeoff, they flew through a hailstorm 
And some of the photos being posted by passengers, pretty frightening this morning. They show the nose cone and the wing with holes after the plane was hit by that hail. The flight had 250 passengers on board, as well as three pilots, eight flight attendants. So they went from Milan. They were headed here to JFK, but they were diverted to Rome uh, after all this stuff punctured the plane. Thankfully, everybody on board okay, and they'll all be put on a different flight. 510 down to Alabama, where this woman claimed, you'll remember, it was a little more than a week ago, that she had been kidnapped Uh, She said it all started after she had seen a baby on the highway walking alone and she had, I guess, pulled over to take care of this child. And then she said she'd been kidnapped afterwards and uh, police started to do an investigation because they figured, hey, if there's a kidnapper out there, we got to find this person. No one ends up that Carly Russell made the entire story up. It started to fall apart right away. Uh, Her attorney last night says she wasn't abducted by anyone. There was no toddler in the roadway looking for their mama. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident. My client was not with anyone from the time she was missing. So the big question is, why did she do it? We don't know the answer to that. Maybe she's got some mental health issues. Maybe she was just looking for a little attention. Russell apologized for her actions, says she's seeking help for personal issues. She says she was sorry to put her family and friends and all those volunteers who were looking for her for a day or so through all of that uh, when she hadn't really disappeared at all. My client apologizes for her actions to this community. The volunteers who were searching for her to the Hoover Police Department and other agencies as well, as to her friends and family. Now she waits to see what she might be slapped with by the police department and prosecutors. Her attorney says criminal charges are possible and will be announced when they are filed. 5-11, let's go down to D.C. The White House says President Biden was never in business with his son, Hunter. Here's White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. Yeah, the answers are not long from the White House. Her statement was in response to allegations claiming a Ukrainian energy executive paid millions in bribes to Biden and his son during the president's time in the Obama administration. Republican Senator Chuck Grassley releasing a document last week which details an FBI sources conversation with executives from Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian energy firm that hired Hunter Biden as a director back in 2014. The allegations have been at the center of the House Republicans investigation into alleged influence peddling scheme by the Biden family. But the White House, Corinne Jean-Pierre again, the White House press secretary, says there's nothing to this story. The president was never in business with his son. Yeah, uh, more information apparently going to come out later this week. Uh, Of course, we'll follow the story right here, 77 WABC. While we're at the White House, the White House condemning Russia's attacks on the Ukrainian port city of Odessa. They have destroyed port infrastructure and tens of thousands of tons of grain that could have fed hungry people around the world. Press Secretary there again says Russia continues to bombard the city with missiles, armed drones. The administration also concerned Russia may target more civilian ships in the Black Sea. Using missiles and armed drones to kill and injure Ukrainian civilians, damage churches, residential buildings, and UNESCO-listed World Heritage Sites as well. This is something we have been warning about 
that we believe Russia may attack civilian targets and then blame those attacks on Ukraine in a false flag operation. 513, let's stay overseas. The U.S.-led United Nations Command says they've started a dialogue with North Korea about the status of that American soldier who walked over the border from the south into the north last week. It's the first signal that anyone's been able to reach the North Koreans about Private Travis King since he bolted last week. More on this story from correspondent Matt Bradley. Again, there's a lot that we don't know about what's going on here. But in the next couple of days, I've been speaking with North Korean officials, excuse me, North Korean experts, and they say that the North Koreans are likely to try to hold on to Private King and use him for their own propaganda. So confirmation that dialogue and discussions were ongoing comes as North Korea has remained publicly silent. The U.N. says their primary concern, of course, is Private King's welfare. While we're overseas, big day in the Holy Land in Israel, the White House saying it's unfortunate a vote on a judicial overhaul plan took place in Israel with the slimmest possible majority. Former U.S. Ambassador uh, Martin Indyk says the country hasn't seen a divide like this ever before. That division will grow greater. It's not going to go away. Yeah, a little hard to understand him there. But the plan removes the court system's ability to strike down unreasonable government decisions. So the Supreme Court can make a decision, then the parliament can strike it down. Protests rocking Israel after this law was passed, weakening the Supreme Court. This Israeli military reservist criticizing Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for pushing the law through. I'm ashamed of him. I think he's the first dictator of Israel. I think he lost... He's lost his heart. Yeah, those protests were just huge yesterday. Hundreds of thousands of people taking to the streets. This uh, judicial overhaul is riding the wave of the corruption. Yeah, we'll be watching this story as the day wears on. All right, 5.15 now. Traffic. Oh, no, it's not traffic and transit. Oh, my God. Hold on, let me slap my face. Oh, there we go. It's early, 5.15. You know, I don't always get it right. Uh Uh-huh. But I will now. Okay. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Test. Is that where we're going? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, say good morning to Justin Ellick. Thank you. No, I'll let it know. How dare you say that? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) You liken me to Joe Nolan. God. Well, I would take that as a compliment. No, I would too. I yeah. would too. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, yank yank Joe's chain this early in the morning, as you did say. No, it is early. So here we go. No local action to get to uh, from yesterday, but a lot to look forward to tonight in the Bronx, where the Mets and Yankees will meet for the final time this season for the uh, second pair of Subway Series games. First pitch for Game One is set for tonight at seven o five p.m. with the Mets setting out. Justin Verlander against the Yanks, Domingo Herman. The two squads split the first pair of contests earlier this season at City Field. So these next two games are for bragging rights, if nothing else. Emphasis being on nothing else, considering the way both teams have played so far this season. The Mets sit way out of contention at 18 and a half games back in the division and seven games back in the wild card, while the Yankees are in a much more manageable position, but still not ideal, albeit coming off a sweep of the Kansas City Royals as they sit in a tie for last place in the AL East at nine games back of first place while being two and a half games back in the wild card. And yesterday, a gnome in the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. You had Italy beating Argentina one to nothing, Germany over Morocco six to nothing, Brazil beating Panama four to nothing, Colombia blanking South Korea two to nothing, so a bunch of shutouts. Today, we've already had the Philippines beat New Zealand one to nothing while Switzerland and Norway are uh, currently still in action. Team USA doesn't play again until tomorrow night when they'll face Team Netherlands at 9 p.m. Eastern time as minus 145 favorites. Oh, you're kidding. So I guess Netherlands are not very good, huh? Well, they're uh, a lot better than uh, who they play. Oh, Vietnam. 
A lot better than Vietnam. Where it was like 30,000 or something. Yeah, I mean, my, minus 145 is, isn't crazy. Huh. I, I mean, Netherlands, uh, at least I, from what I remember from the Men's World Cup, the Team Netherlands is pretty good at soccer, so. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about this uh, FIFA World Cup. Huh. Oh, I'm putting my <laughs> money on a three-peat for the women. Yeah, I, me too. But, yeah. like, I, I, I think they should have probably beat Team Vietnam more than three to nothing, you know? Yeah, just game one. Being you know. minus 30,000 favorites, maybe they should have beat <laughs> Team Vietnam more than by just three goals, don't you right. think? Well, yeah. three's big in soccer, by the way. Yeah, but, like, okay, they beat, like, other teams, like, in friendlies and, like, exhibition matches, like, 11, 12 to nothing. Yeah. So, true. you know. Anyway, that's what you got in uh, the World Cup. All right, sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Allen. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to Texas. No signs that Texas is going to bow to pressure from the federal government to dismantle a floating border wall. The systems of buoys, which is floating in the Rio Grande near the town of Eagle Pass, has the support of the Border Patrol Union down there. And I applaud the governor for standing up and doing what's right for, for the state of Texas. That's the vice president of the union hopes that other states try a floating wall, too, in high traffic areas of the border. Texas has a 1 p.m. deadline to remove the buoys or face a lawsuit from the Department of Justice. Hopefully he's on to something here and, and other states will, will stand up and start doing uh, something similar uh, along their borders. Out on the campaign trail, Republican presidential hopeful Chris Christie criticizing Florida governor and GOP primary opponent Ron DeSantis for not taking responsibility for a new slavery a slavery curriculum that was enacted last week in the Sunshine State. DeSantis started this fire with the bill that he signed, and now he doesn't want to take responsibility for whatever is done um, in the aftermath of it. So Christie was responding to a clip of DeSantis saying he wasn't involved in the decision about the curriculum, but agreed with the premise that slaves gained skills they could use later in life. Christie says DeSantis claims that he wasn't involved shows that he doesn't understand leadership. I didn't do it and I'm not involved in it are not the words of leadership. He only started to focus on this when he decided he wanted to run for president and try to get to the right of Donald Trump. And a majority of voters believe federal prosecutors do have a strong case against former President Trump in the U.S. Capitol riots probe. That's according to a new Harvard University Caps-Harris poll that found 57 percent of registered voters think prosecutors have either a very strong or somewhat strong case against Trump. The breakdown among party lines included 87 percent of Democrats, 47 percent of independents, and 31 percent of Republicans. Meanwhile, 42% of voters think Trump is guilty of potential charges that could be brought against him in the investigation. Last week, Trump revealed he received a letter from the Department of Justice informing him he is the target of the probe. I'm Lisa Taylor. 521 Barack in Michelle Obama's personal chef is dead after drowning near the former president's home on Martha's Vineyard. Massachusetts police said the body of Tafari Campbell was found on Monday after they responded to reports of a missing paddle border at Edgartown Great Pond. The Obamas were not at home during the incident and have released a statement saying Campbell was a warm, fun, extraordinarily kind person who made all of our lives a little brighter. The investigation into his death is ongoing. I'm Brian Shook. Out to Los Angeles at 522 as Hollywood actors continue to strike for better pay as well as residual compensation reconfigured to include that uh, streaming content. People outside of the business might not totally understand what's going on. So some of the actors trying to explain this all, Sean Whalen, he acted in five episodes of a program on the Disney Channel back in 2009. Every single one of them you can watch today on Disney+. Plus. You can see-
see my image over and over again, and I haven't made a dime. They are making money on my work. Yeah, so he says uh, his agent and manager fees, taxes, training, publicity, photos, all factor in. He says he probably made about $6 an hour from that work that he did on those episodes. The people who had you do their plumbing then sold tickets to watch your toilet flush while you have a hologram of yourself saying, this is my toilet, watch it flush. Then they're making money off your image and your work. Then yes, you deserve residuals. Yeah, that's kind of a convoluted, uh, what I don't really understand what he was going for. But he says uh, he's not making a lot of money. And he says most actors don't. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has made a ton of money uh, in movies, wrestling, he's supporting his fellow actors in the ongoing SAG after a strike in a big way. According to a new report from Variety, The Rock made a seven-figure donation to the SAG after Foundation to help offset financial difficulties. The foundation reached out to over 2,000 of the Guild's highest-paid members and implored them to donate, which clearly touched the hearts of many, including The Rock. SAG-AFTRA announced it was the largest donation they've ever received from someone at one time, and the money will help thousands of actors receive financial assistance. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, well, striking workers in the entertainment industry aren't just sparking support from wealthy Hollywood actors. They're also getting some help from small businesses like two restaurants here in the city. Uh, they're on 9th Avenue by 44th Street. Maricel and Niza both are owned by the same company, and they're now offering free meals to striking actors and writers any night after 9 p.m. Of giving back to the community that has supported us for so long. I think that is awesome. I have a lot of friends in the industry that are out of work. Their bartender, no surprise here, along with the waiters, a lot of them are actors. They like what the restaurants are doing. This is a really special thing for them to have even thought about doing. Being a bartender in New York City, I can only make so much. I can only support so much. And so my acting career is a big part of my income. It is not the first time Maricel has opened its doors to the entertainment world during COVID. Same thing. When Broadway was shut down, they fed out-of-worked actors and never asked to be paid back. We just want to do good. We want to feed people. We've been here a couple of times but now to know that the owners are doing that has us coming back even more often yeah it's pretty cool the restaurants are asking strikers to present their union card and take care of their own liquor bill if they're going to have drink and taxes and tip at the end of the strike they say if the entertainers can pay back for their meals great but they say the restaurants the two uh maricel and niza say if they can't pay it back that's okay too 525 Good luck buying a new car, especially if your credit rating is not so great. It used to be even people with a poor credit rating could get a car. But the rejection rate for people applying for a loan for a new car is at its highest level level right now. A lot of major banks, financial groups are tightening their belts. There's still a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace. Jason Meza with the Better Business Bureau says if you're about to go car shopping, of course, Pull that credit report first. That'll give you an idea of what you're facing in the finance office. If your credit is borderline, he says, look for those micro lenders that are online. But he also warns there's just a bunch of scams out there. So do your homework before you go in to buy a car. As more employees sound the call for workers to return to the office, they could see a decrease in productivity and an increase in unhappy employees. It's happened across New York City, and it's also happening across the nation. 
In the past three years, several studies suggest remote and hybrid employees actually work slightly longer hours than their office-bound colleagues, and they also seem to get work done faster. An expert says employers who worried that remote workers would not focus and shop or watch videos instead of being productive find that workers were already doing it from their desks and really good at hiding it. The Hill reports a Gallup poll showed a dramatic rise in the share of Americans who prefer to work at home at least part of the time, from 40 percent in 2019 to a near unanimous 94% in 2022. I'm Rebecca Hugh. We are just getting started on this early Tuesday morning as we work our way up 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends on the morning. On the other side of this break, a backhoe digging through serial murder Rex Yorman's Massapequa Park backyard for evidence. Has it been fruitful? We'll get the latest on the investigation from police and hear from neighbors who are getting sick and tired of all those people on their their lawn and on their block in Long Beach last night. A big protest about the idea of putting up wind turbines offshore. We'll get the latest on that story as well. Big fire in the Bronx injured a slew of firefighters. The latest on how they're doing. And uh, Mayor Adams talking about this humanitarian crisis, the migrants who continue to come in every day, and a story about migrants doing battle with people who live in Harlem. It got ugly over the weekend. We'll get into that as well. But first, this at 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 25th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine this morning. Scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. High 85. Tonight, overnight. Chance of a pop-up storm. Low 71. And then tomorrow, the beginning of a mini heat wave anyway. Sunshine, hot, high 90. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 68 and clear in Mount Ivy up in Rockland County. 71 and clear down in Clark in New Jersey. And it is 72 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour out in Suffolk County, out on Long Island, a backhoe digging through serial murder suspect Rex Yorman's Massapequa Park home for evidence. That is the Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison takes calls from police leaders around the nation who want to know if Yorman is one behind one of their cold case murders. And one thing I'm not going to do is rule out anything else uh, in Long Island or anywhere else in the state or maybe even the country, but uh, that's why I continue to you share that uh, we still have a lot more work to, that needs to be done. Police Commissioner was on with Sid and Sid and Friends in the morning yesterday. Neighbors say they're tired of the news crews as investigators dig up the backyard. Uh, Suffolk County Deputy Police Commissioner Anthony Carter says the search is intense. Uh, it has been fruitful. Apparently they found some stuff. Now that we have a suspect in custody, we follow that same methodology. What are the next investigative steps? What other evidence can be recovered? Yeah, using a ground-penetrating radar, apparently, in the backyard to locate possible graves, forensic evidence. Uh, there is a gun vault. You know, there was this word that there was some 
sort of soundproof room in the basement of Huerman's home. They say, no, no, it was the gun vault that was uh, mistaken for a, a soundproof room underneath his house, the gun vault where he had apparently over 300 vault, uh, 300 guns. The uh, police commissioner says uh, this is a thorough investigation. They don't want to leave anything unearthed as they try to make sure that Huerman's connected to th- at least three, maybe four of these murders at Gilgo Beach, maybe murders around the nation for that matter as well. Can we confirm that yeah. someone was killed inside the house? We can't confirm that this time. I'm optimistic. You know, uh, as you can see, uh, we have uh, people from the medical examiner's office, state police, NASA, uh, everybody's working together. And you imagine how frustrating it is for the people who live in this neighborhood on this block where Human was. They said he was a strange guy. They saw it was bizarre. The house was falling apart, yet he was an architect. And now they're dealing with just news people like myself uh, out on their street trying to get the latest scoop, talking to everybody. Everybody's been spoken to in the neighborhood probably at this point, uh, waiting for those police press conferences. Hey, they went- this side of the block, that side of the block, just knocking on every door, going down the street, just asking, have you ever had contact with the family? You know, thoughts on the uh, the house, you know, just just in general. And neighbors say they're just sick of all the attention. It can be the Amityville Horror House. You're going to have people coming by, stopping, you know. Um, it's going to be like a load of traffic. And, you know, by the way, she's on to something that when she mentions is the uh, Amityville Horror. That was uh, the murder that took place in 1974. So, I mean, this is not recent history. Uh, Ronald DeFeo shot and killed six members of his family in this uh, large Dutch colonial house situated in Amityville. And there are still people who show up at that house today. So now you can wonder and understand how these neighbors in Massapequa Park are worried the same is going to happen to them. But police say, this is what they're saying anyway, that part of what they're doing on this block in Massapequa Park is obviously the investigation to tie Huerman to as many crimes as possible. But they're also setting up cameras on this street so they can watch who's coming by and maybe stop some of this, uh, I don't even know what kind of tourism to call this, sicko tourism? I'm not really sure what would attract you to come see this house. It's just a house. I mean, maybe while the police are there, it's interesting. But once they're gone, and this is what the neighbors are worried about, once they're gone, they don't want these gawkers there anymore. So police say, don't worry, we're going to watch for that kind of thing. We're watching the street to make sure kids are not climbing through yards to go take some pictures or photographs in the, in, on the property. We're putting cameras on the block. We're going to have enforcement out there, ve- vehicle traffic enforcement, and we're going to make sure that, that we're not going to turn this into some kind of sideshow. Yeah, uh, Rodney Harrison, the Suffolk County Police Commissioner, telling Sid yesterday that, yeah, they are getting phone calls from police forces around the nation who are saying we have these cold case murders of escorts or just women in general that maybe Huerman can be tied to. Uh, he got around down to a property that's not clear whether he owned this property in South Carolina or his brother did, but there's some connection to South Carolina where they found his truck, then a timeshare out in Las Vegas where they also have some murder mysteries there as well they're trying to solve. Maybe, just maybe, he's connected to all of those. WABC News Time 538. Let's stay on Long Island. Long Beach residents rallying last night against proposed wind farm they believe will harm their community. Neighbors say if this project goes forward as planned, some neighbors in the city would have high-voltage cables running just three feet underneath their streets. 
They spoke to News 12. This project, to me, is an atrocity. They have no proof that it's safe, but they're willing to put it in our streets and find out maybe 20 years from now that it's not safe. This community meeting about the planned Empire Wind Project. The neighbors say the company behind it all did not do a good job of explaining the project and what it might mean to Long Beach. This is a, a colossal loser for not only the environment, for the, for the people, for the residents of this town. We've asked our city council to educate the community, and they did a dismal job. The proposal is for an offshore wind farm that would be located about 15 to 30 miles off the southern coast of Long Beach and Jones Beach. It would have more than 140 wind turbines and transmission lines that would come ashore at Riverside Boulevard in Long Beach and connect underground to Long Island's power grid in Oceanside. A lot of people say, I want more information about that, and fair enough. Others say, you know, these beaching of whales, they think it's connected to those wind farms being set up off New Jersey, and they're worried that might happen off Long Island as well. It's not easy to fight, We're gonna, but we're doing it, and we don't, we're not giving up because we care. Five Long Beach council members have sent a letter to Governor Hochul saying they're against the project, citing the location of the wind turbines and what they call is the company's dismal job of engaging residents. Uh, again, also, the whales is a big thing for some people who showed up at this meeting last night as well. 540. Let's bring it back here into the city. Seven firefighters, one person injured following a four alarm fire at a Bronx building. Uh, this was Castle Hill Avenue. It spread to a couple of buildings. They finally brought it under control, but not before a bunch of firefighters were injured. In 1101, which is the corner building, uh, the roof started to sag. We had a partial collapse, and we withdrew units and our personnel off the roof. Yeah, it got frightening for a moment. All firefighters, thank God, able to safely exit this building. When the second floor got burned, the flame was coming this way because the wind is this way. And you know, in the air, there's so much oxygen. So as much as you put in the water, it doesn't matter. Because of the oxygen, the flame is coming this way anyways. Not clear what started this fire. The good news is, is all the injuries of those firefighters and that one civilian are minor. It was uh, Some of it was heat exhaustion, smoke inhalation. Again, investigators trying to determine what started that fire. A group of migrants allegedly attacked two good Samaritans when they tried to stop the men from terrorizing people near Central Park up in Harlem on Sunday. The migrant crew was allegedly out on the sidewalk drinking, yelling and throwing bottles at cars and people near Central Park North in Madison Avenue about 10 in the morning. So this 35 year old man goes over to them and says to this crew of migrants, can you please stop? It's obnoxious what you're doing. You're going to get somebody hurt. The migrants who are living in a nearby building uh, did not like that. So they allegedly kicked and punched this victim. You see them hanging out. Nobody should be putting hands on nobody. So police say this group chased the victim to a building where he tried to get help. The doors of that building were locked. In the midst of the chaos of him trying to get away, the door's glass was shattered, though some say this victim was thrown through the glass. We couldn't get confirmation of that. But another good Samaritan was allegedly attacked when he tried to help the first victim. The men uh, involved, these migrant men, are staying at the former Lincoln Correctional Facility, which has been been transformed into a shelter for migrants. Neighbors in Harlem say, you know, if you're going to act this way, we're giving you a home. We don't want you in the neighborhood. You're not allowed to sit over there. You're not allowed to lauder over there. You're not allowed to do this. If you do that, you won't be in here. They don't seem to be causing the problem, but 
they are in great need, and it makes us uncomfortable for those of us who work and not knowing who we're dealing with. Now, we were trying to get some confirmation from the NYPD if any of these migrants were arrested. Apparently, maybe one was, then was let go. Other migrant men who were involved in this scuffle uh, fled the scene on mopeds and motorized bikes. I'm not sure where they're getting the money to do that. The 35-year-old man suffered uh, lacerations, um, was able to get some help, but just a crazy wild scene in Harlem over the weekend. And that is... Mayor Adams has been saying over and over again, New York City is in a humanitarian crisis, desperately trying to find enough beds for all the migrants and all the homeless men and women and children in the city. So now uh, they keep searching out spaces to bring these homeless or these migrants to them. One of the places they've identified is on the Upper West Side. It's near the Ederly Playground, which is a West 59th near West End Avenue. They want to put a homeless shelter there for 200 women with possible mental health and substance abuse issues. Well, parents who bring their kids to the Ederly Playground say that doesn't make a lot of sense to put 200 people with mental health issues uh, right next door to a playground. Anyone who is framing us as anti-homeless or NIMBY is intentionally misrepresenting our cause. They're also upset that there's going to be two smoking patios built for this homeless shelter. They say that's not good for the kids who are playing nearby secondhand smoke. But there are people, because it is the Upper West Side and it is New York City, who say uh, they're fine with it. They welcome a homeless shelter in their neighborhood. They say they want to take responsibility for the homeless just like other neighborhoods do. The homelessness crisis is bigger than it ever has been before in this city and a neighborhood like the Upper West Side has ample resources to help some of the most vulnerable people in the city. But the people against the homeless shelter going up in that neighborhood have now uh, retained a lawyer and they're asking the city council members to help them out to see if they can get that shelter put somewhere else. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Layden. Uh, no local action to get to from yesterday, but a lot to look forward to tonight in the Bronx where the Mets and Yanks We'll meet for the final time this season for the second pair of Subway Series games. First pitch for Game 1 is set for tonight at 7.05 p.m. with the Mets sending out Justin Verlander against the Yanks' Domingo Herman. The two squads split the first pair of contests earlier this season at City Field, so these next two games are for bragging rights, if nothing else, and the emphasis there being on nothing else, considering the way both teams have played so far this season. The Mets sit way out of contention at 18 and a half games back in the division and seven games back in the wild card, while the Yankees are in a much more manageable position, but still not ideal, albeit coming off a sweep of the Kansas City Royals, as they sit in a tie for last place at the AL East at nine games back of first place, while being two and a half back in the wild card and a quick fifa women's world cup update here as well you had italy yesterday beating argentina one to nothing germany over morocco six nil brazil beating panama four to nothing and colombia blanking south korea two to zip today we've already had the philippines beat new zealand one to nothing while uh, switzerland and norway are currently still in action team usa doesn't play again until tomorrow night when they'll face Team Netherlands at 9 p.m. Eastern Time as minus 145 favorites. Here with sports on 77 WABC. 
I'm Justin Ellis. Let's catch you up on some of the bigger stories, the trending stories this morning. We'll start with Mayor Adams, who held a press conference yesterday. You know, your standard run-of-the-mill press conference. He got to the Q&A, the question and answer section, where reporters get to ask him about things off-topic and on-topic. And as they're doing it, this, this press conference is outdoors. A woman comes by and starts screaming at the mayor that he's not doing enough for the homeless. She, She's not nice about it. She says, F you, a-hole, and uh, shows up during this press conference. And normally you might just ignore that. But the mayor did not. Here's what it sounded like as this woman was screaming at him. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, yes, sir. four-year-old man, Curtis. So you can hear that woman in the background screaming and yelling at him. But then the mayor responds in the most bizarre way. See if you can figure this out, what he's talking about. She said, she said I'm messing with homeless. You know that? You know, one should, be, one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know? <laughs> what? One should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. The woman's screaming about the homeless situation. Very bizarre. The mayor's had a couple of these bizarre moments where he responds to just regular in New York. As you'll remember that one up in Washington Heights just a little over a month ago, a woman complaining about the rent guidelines board raising rents. She said the mayor had sold them out. And she, the mayor went after this woman hard, too. If you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city. And treat me with the respect that would, I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you're treating someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve. And you know, I watched uh, this thing again yesterday with a woman who was, uh, or this morning, the woman who was asking him that question about the Ren Guidelines Board. I didn't think she was that disrespectful. She was just spirited. But the mayor did not like her tone. I guess did not like the tone of that woman asking him about the homeless either with that bizarre answer. A Delta flight from Milan to JFK diverted to Rome after the plane badly damaged shortly after takeoff. We're looking at photos posted by passengers this morning show the nose cone and the wing with holes after the plane was hit by hail after it took off. The flight had 250 passengers on board as well as three pilots, eight flight attendants. They diverted from Milan right to Rome where they landed safely. Thank you. Thankfully, everybody's okay. They're just waiting for another plane to come back home. Down in Alabama in a story you kind of knew wasn't going to end well. This Alabama woman, you remember last week, maybe a little more than a week ago now, said she was out and about and found a toddler walking alone in the street. So she got out of the car to help that toddler and then says that she had been kidnapped and she went missing for was more than 24 hours. Well, yesterday, Carly Russell said that she made up the entire story. There was no kid walking along the street. She wasn't abducted. Here's her attorney. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident. My client was not with anyone from the time she was missing. Russell apologizing yesterday for her actions, says she's seeking help for personal issues. Uh, She says she's terribly sorry to her family, friends, all those volunteers, actually, who were looking for her during her disappearance. And then the cops who were looking for a potential abductor when there wasn't one. Uh, Here's the lawyer again. My client apologizes for her actions to this community, the volunteers who were searching for her, to the Hoover Police Department and other agencies as well, as to her friends and family. Now we'll wait to see if there are criminal charges pressed against her for all that she did, uh, an uproar in this small little town in Alabama. 552. 
New video shows the moment an apartment building in Newark suddenly exploded Friday, sending debris flying into the air as a half dozen people were hurt. Even more were left homeless. The blast occurred Friday at this building on South Pine, turning two apartment buildings run by the Newark Housing Authority into a pile of rubble. At this hour, they still don't know why it exploded. All of a sudden, I heard this boom. When I opened up the door, then I seen the foundation of the building literally crumble, come down. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I've lost everything because due to the structural damage of the building, we are not able to go in the apartment and get anything out. It is strange that they can't figure out or haven't been able to detail exactly what took place. Usually you can say pretty quickly if it's a gas leak or something like that. There were some people who said they thought they might have smelled gas before this building exploded. The amazing part of the story is nobody was seriously hurt. She was uh, standing on the curb right at the apartment where the explosion was, and the blast on the explosion was so strong it literally picked her up and threw her across the street. Yeah, but she's okay. Uh, The housing director uh, said no reports of there being a smell of gas for any extended period of time. PSENG was on the scene. They say they got no reports of gas. The investigation, it continues. Giving grace that it happened on a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. But I do expect at least by Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, we have more concrete answers than just it's under investigation. I I need more than that. Yeah, I don't blame her. New York City cracking down on sidewalk sheds that are up for too long. Mayor Adams unveiling a Get Sheds Down campaign that overhauls the rules designed to have sheds and scaffolding removed quicker. It'll increase fines for those keeping sheds up too long and encourage safety netting in certain situations. The ugly green boxes that align our sidewalks, they block the sunlight, keep pedestrians away from businesses and are a magnet for illegal activity. There are more than 400 miles of sidewalk sheds in the city, and some, uh, maybe in your neighborhood, have been up for years. They seem like they never, ever come down. They've stolen our public space because it made more financial sense to leave the sheds up than to fix the facades. Those days are over. Yeah, but if you have a business one of those, under one of those scaffolding, uh, you're hurt. Usually business goes down. While sidewalk sheds were created to protect New Yorkers, they now have become unsafe constructions, and it is a safe haven for criminal behavior. So now some new rules going to affect to watch over those scaffoldings, those sheds that go up across the city. A sick group says New York State Police has uh, is preventing some of their officers from wearing uh, religious clothing and practicing uh, being a sick. And they've been barred from wearing a turban or growing a beard if they're on the state police force. Uh, Queens Assemblyman David Weprin says this violates the religious garb law in New York. And he says uh, people who are members of the sick group should be able to grow a beard and wear a turban on the job. Quite frankly, I am appalled by these discriminatory practices and clear violation of state law. The head of the sick officers organization says uh, he's upset too. New York State is one of the most diverse in the country. And if we don't make those officers, uh, let those officers serve with their religion, with their faith, and, you know, we will not have enough police officers. New York State Police releasing a statement saying in part that it has recently updated guidelines for facial hair, currently working on a policy for the design of turbans and whether those officers can wear those turbans on the job. 556. 
add this to the long list of things doctors never imagined having to tell patients. Don't eat or drink borax. A TikTok trend is suggesting that adding a pinch of 20 mule team borax to water can help relieve joint pain. Many of these same TikTok videos claim that taking a bath while soaking in borax helps detoxify the body. Doctors say consuming borax can cause blue-green vomit or diarrhea and can eventually lead to anemia and seizures. Soaking in borax can lead to rashes, according to doctors. Borax is found in laundry detergent and is also packaged on its own as a cleaning product. The main ingredient in borax is also used to exterminate insects, such as ants and cockroaches. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, people really are stupid.